just in general. So we want to start with you from the very beginning to the latest. What's happening now? I found meditation when I was in college and I was super anxious and my mother had passed away and I was going to school in Miami. So there were so many distractions. I could easily lie to myself and tell myself, you know, I wasn't feeling sad or anxious and then just go party or bury myself in studies. And it wasn't until I kind of hit rock bottom that I realized that distracting myself wasn't doing any good. In fact, it was just me masking all of the sadness that I wouldn't allow myself to feel. And so someone recommended meditation and that was in 2011. And here we are 10 years later. And it's what I do as my career because I'm so passionate about sharing how these tools help change my life. Right. So I always tell everybody, you know, like the meditation, it didn't cure the anxiety or the depression. Instead, what it did was taught me how to meet those moments of my life Mm. with more kindness and more compassion and how to just give yourself permission to be human. It doesn't mean you're not supposed to feel anxious. It doesn't mean you're not supposed to feel sad, but rather here are the tools. Being human is going to be tough. And here's how you can meet yourself with kindness. And so the latest, I mean, the beginning of COVID, I decided to become sober and celibate. And I did that for a year. It started unintentionally and then it became intentional. And in that year, it was so powerful for me. I got two book deals. I created two Spotify albums. And I know a lot of your listeners are music people. Mine are meditation albums, so I'm not singing. But um, it was during that time that I realized, oh my gosh, if I don't distract myself with (laughs) drinking or dating or sex or whatever it is, I can accomplish so much. So that year was very powerful for me because during that year of celibacy and sobriety, I took up pole dancing just for myself so I could be sexy for me. And that was transformative. All those business things, all those business things happened where I got the book deals and the albums and I was feeling high on life, completely sober. And um, so, yeah, that was a very transformational year. And then once that year passed, I decided, you know, I don't need to be such a stickler around what I do. I can soften the parameters. And so I invited in, you know, drinking at events. I invited in dating again and all of that stuff. And it was just a nice lesson that everything can be done in moderation. And me being like such an extremist that I was, that was an important lesson for me to learn. So here we are now living life in balance and not being so harsh with myself. Right. Awesome. Yeah. So let's rewind a bit. Uh, You talked about being the author of two books. Uh, One of the two is Meditation and Self-Love. So let's just talk about the logistics on how that book came about and um, what was it like in detail writing that book? Yes. So I didn't even know that I wanted to write a book. (laughs) But it's funny (laughs) because so many teachers that I look up to, that's the next step. It's like you become this prominent teacher, you write a book, you have these albums, And one of my friends from college who helps people publish books, she called me and she was like, have you ever thought about writing a book? And I was like, not until you just said that. And it's funny because we got off the phone, I kid you not. And within five minutes, I got an email from this other publishing company that said, we would like you to write this book specifically. And it was, I know a lot of different teachers got asked to submit samples and they ended up going with mine because they said that I made it really approachable 
and really relatable and digestible because I feel that, you know, there are so many teachers out there that are older and wiser and have so much more life experience, but they kind of talk as if they have it all figured out. And I think what makes me so popular in this industry at a time like now Mm -hmm. is I teach from such a human level. I'm like, I don't have shit figured out. I just have (laughs) these tools that sometimes help me. And I really self-disclose a lot in my classes. So I also, during COVID, created my business, The Sit Society. Mm-hmm. And all of my, my students in Los Angeles that used to attend my, my classes in person, they were always drawn to me, they would tell me, because I share parts of my life and what's going on. Like when I'm not getting a text back from that guy, when I feel unworthy, when I feel like I need to seek validation from others. And I always share these, these really human pains mm-hmm. of just living. And so that's why they, they come to me. And so it was the same with the book. The publishers said, we loved that you are so relatable, that you make it really easy to digest. And so I ended up getting that book deal. It ended up doing super well that they gave me a second book deal. And Mm. yeah, I think I'm going to cool it on the books though, but. (laughs) (laughs) Keep going. You didn't hit a stride. You got your shit going. That's hot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so any inspiring authors out there that wants a book deal, um, what advice would you give them? I would tell them, you know, your ideas and thoughts and all of these life experiences you have, people want to hear them. Mm-hmm. I know a few of my other teacher friends, well, like I haven't really accomplished that much yet and this and that. Everyone has something to teach. Everyone has something to share. So every day, like, you know, set aside five minutes and start writing. And eventually the book deal will come or you'll meet the right person and you'll have that prepared. But I think like the most beautiful lesson, I always see it on memes, (laughs) but it's like, you know, you're always inspiring someone, even if your story that you post gets two views or your inspirational quote that you made up and you share it on your Instagram only gets five likes. Hey, someone's Mm -hmm. seeing it. And it's changing someone's life, whether you realize it or not. So just keep right. showing up, keep sharing, because you are making an impact, whether you realize it or not. All right. Let's shout out both of your books for those that are tapped in on a Leo Black that want to go support you. Yes. Yeah, so Meditations on Self-Love. And then the other one is called Love Yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But if you really want to come hang and meditate, the SIT Society is where it's at. Where it's at. Right, right. Yes. Uh, let's talk. Let's touch a little bit on um, love yourself now. Uh, how did you distinguish the two? You know, because writing a book, it takes so much time and effort to write a book. And um, of course, you got to be able to if you already wrote one, you got to be able to distinguish <laughs> one from the other. So let's talk about writing the other. Yes. So the other one actually was much easier um, because it's a book with just affirmations. Right. But they're not woo-woo affirmations that say like I'm a glowing goddess they're affirmations that say you know may I accept myself as I am today however tired however annoyed however frustrated may I accept myself as I am Mm -hmm. so they're affirmations that are more grounded in reality Mm -hmm. and it's like that's what true self-love to me is is not always thinking oh my god I'm a glowing goddess it's oh my gosh on this day where I feel a little shitty can I still love myself Mm-hmm. On this day where I was a little bit short with my friend, can I still be kind? Mm-hmm. On this day where, oh my gosh, I got a little angry. Can I find myself, you know, or can I give myself love? So it's just 
self-love that's truly grounded in what it is to be human. There's no sitting, looking in the mirror and lying to ourselves, saying we're a glowing goddess when we don't feel like it. It's how can I actually, in this moment, love myself unconditionally. That's facts. Yeah. So uh, what was that transition like actually transitioning from writing books to actually studying and being a teacher of actual course and classes? Yes. So actually the transition, I was teaching first in -hmm. in person since 2016. And then once COVID hit, I was like, oh gosh, I have to teach via Zoom. But I ended (laughs) up now it's my jam because I don't have to commit to times or places. And yes, I have so much more of an impact in person, of course, Mm -hmm. but still on Zoom, I'll get people to cry. Um, But yeah, going from translating my, my teachings from words and sentences into like something typed with proper grammar. Yeah, that was hard because I am my friends call me a walking typo. (laughs) I'm I'm that girl that's like, happy Tuesday. And people are like, babe, it's Wednesday. (laughs) So yeah. thank God for editors. That's why they exist. Yeah. You know? Oh, wait, I got turned. I hear like some authors even do it through voice record nowadays. Like they record themselves actually talking in the book and then they hand it to someone who can actually write. Yeah. Um, write it up from. So the grammar zone point. But a lot of people write their books down through like voice memos and just record themselves, which is a lot. That's of smart. Yeah, yeah, I didn't do that, but I should have. um but yeah that's why editors exist I remember even they were like did you mean to say Wednesday and I'm like obviously I just spelled it wrong but (laughs) they're there for a reason that's their job you're just there to give ideas so Mm -hmm. yeah okay so let's talk about those online zoom courses yeah so the sit society was birthed um in the midst of COVID when I found myself being spread too thin, teaching for all these different studios. And I had lived with roommates in West Hollywood at the time when I was based in LA. And I felt so bad. I would always have to tell them, like I would put on their fridge, like you guys have to shut the fuck up from nine to 10, <laughs> 11 to one and three to four. And I felt so bad because, you know, they live there too, but Work. because of the schedule, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm teaching for all these people. And it didn't really feel rewarding. Something came over me where I was like, I need to stop building someone else's dream mm-hmm. and build my own. And so I was like, now's the time. Now's the time to start my own business. And I never thought, (laughs) because the running joke with meditation teachers and any spiritual person is that we're, it's like herding cats. We're Mm -hmm. kind of like all over the place. (laughs) So I never thought that I would be one to own my own business. Right. But lo and behold, I met this amazing graphic designer. She's in Jamaica and she, my light turned off. (laughs) And she totally understood my vibe. I like chic, neutrals, beige, like, And she's like, I can make your website. And so we did it. And from there, it was a process, you know? Mm -hmm. I used to only do one live class a week and just have pre-recorded. Then I taught even less and would do once a month and then have all pre-recorded. But I think it took me having so much freedom and realizing that I missed teaching for myself that now Mm -hmm. I teach every Monday through Thursday a live class. And then I have an on-demand library of over 100 classes that I always add to. And they're short and they're digestible in my teaching style. And yeah, it's, I'm happy because now anywhere in the world can be my home. And so I told you this when we met in person, but on Christmas, I moved to Bali. I spent yeah. all summer hopping around Europe and I could still teach. So it's, I'm no longer confined to a time or place. Now it's just me making my own schedule and days right. too. When I'm traveling, I used to think, oh, well, 
it's a travel day. I better pre-record something for my students, but actually something very expansive. I met up with one of my other meditation teacher friends in Portugal, and mm -hmm. he is always, you know, he teaches a lot of privates and one-on-ones and mm -hmm. he'll just decide I'm going to Iceland and I'm going to go meditate in a cave for 10 days. I'm not pre-recording anything. And I just leave my students, they can figure it out. And I was like, wow, I'm going to try that. And so days when I'm busier, I just got certified in scuba and I decided not to teach for this week. I was like, sorry guys, I'm just taking a week off. Choose your own adventure. There's a library of over a hundred videos. So it's even navigating my own like journey and okay, if I'm not going to teach today, I don't need to come prepared with a recording. I can just leave. I can do whatever I want. And so I think for any aspiring entrepreneur or anyone that you know, starting your business in whatever field it is, get clear on what your why is, because I have a exactly. lot of friends that, you know, to them, it's security. To some people, it's mm -hmm. more money. But yeah. for me, my why is freedom. Exactly. I want the freedom to work from anywhere. I want the freedom to step away when I want to step away. I want the freedom to pick what time I teach. I want the freedom to decide I'm going to take two weeks off. So for me, that's always helped me navigate a lot of things business-wise is never losing sight of your why. Facts, facts. Uh, speaking of the world, let's talk about your geography for a bit because you're well-traveled. Uh, let's <laughs> talk about some of your favorite places, you know, around the world that you've been to and why. Yes. So I would say underrated, the Albanian Riviera was sick. Um, that was, I just went on, or I went to Albania just because I had a few friends that they had that planned. It wasn't a place that on my own, I would have been like, I need to go there. Yeah. But it ended up being the most beautiful water I've ever seen. I would wow. say that it's prettier than Greece. Um, mm -hmm. So that was underrated. If you can go to Saranda or Dermi, I highly recommend. And then also underrated was Turkey. Mm, of course, Istanbul right. is just such a fascinating city, but Thanks. to see all of the cultures and it's just like such a Mecca of different humans, different foods, different religions to see, you know, these churches and then mosques all like in your same view was mm -hmm. super interesting. And then the beach towns in Turkey, I went to a place called Alachate, which is in Izmir. And those yeah. beaches are stunning. I never thought, oh, go to Turkey for the beaches. <laughs> oh my gosh, go to Turkey for the beaches. Um, and then another place I randomly loved, I love Vienna. I feel like I could live there later, late 30s, because I need the ocean. Of course, right. Spain was amazing. Amsterdam was sick. But I did a lot of Europe this this trip. And then Mexico. Oh, I keep coming back to Mexico. During COVID, I spent right. most of quarantine in Mexico and Hawaii, just bouncing back and forth. And I would say my favorite, yeah, oh, my favorite places in Mexico, Puerto Escondido, great Puerto. beach town. Yeah. And then I really enjoyed... Chiapas, which is the southernmost state by Guatemala. Beautiful, mm -hmm. beautiful waterfalls. Also, Taposlan, which is a mountainous town, an hour mm -hmm. outside of Mexico City. Yeah. I rode horses in the mountains there. Um, but yeah, coming up, I will be spending my time in Asia. So I'm excited. I've only been to Bali. And so now I'm going to use that as home base. And then fingers crossed, the rest of Asia opens up and I can go meet my birth mom and get over to Cambodia, Vietnam, Thailand, and Japan, and see it all. Nice. Yeah, um, let's talk about the reasoning behind Bali. I spoke on it a little bit. I think you said your family's out there um, partially, but um, you're going to Christmas, which is December. So 
is that the best time to go far as weather and everything and no (laughs) so my family is actually my birth family is in the philippines but the philippines isn't open right now bali Mm -hmm. is open with the right kind of visa and the reason i'm going so early is because why not (laughs) (laughs) um no well also because my visa the the world it's changing so much now with like these variants and stuff so i figure get over now before they shut the gates even my visa guy, he's like, you should probably honestly go before the year ends. So before they like completely shut the doors. Because a lot of my yeah. friends. I heard Biden just smart. shut down like seven countries or something like that. South yeah. Africa, one of them just from flying oh, yeah. back into the States. Yeah. So I'm like, get there now before I'm stranded here, which love the States. But um, <laughs> yeah, I want to get there sooner than later so that I can go. Yeah. But Bali is a wonderful place full of expats. So Mm -hmm. like all the expatriates that do the same thing as me, essentially that work from their, their computers. And so I remember going there November, 2019, I led a retreat there. And I remember seeing all these people at a cafe and I was like, I want to do what you guys do. I'm so jealous. They're like, (laughs) you can, you literally can. So it took me two years to get my shit together, but we're doing it. And I'm so excited. And I can't wait to just immerse myself in a completely different culture and, meet completely new friends and just start start something new yeah that's beautiful Europe, I used to Mexico, be such a scary cat <laughs> yeah scary like, going overseas by yourself come on you can can you imagine yeah. like, it's ridiculous now, as far as like you know what, what could happen and then the media doesn't portray it the right way you got movies like taken and everything oh, yeah. you know so it's just like top of that you feel like you're out of your element you know yeah with taken even i mean i remember yeah me going to albania everyone's like oh taken i never once (laughs) felt like that but of course always be cautious like don't be a dum-dum but i think that you know so many people don't travel because they are afraid but truth be told in some sketchy parts of mexico and some sketchy parts of europe i've never felt more afraid than i do in downtown la or at freaking lax to be honest (laughs) um but no for me it's like I think a new quote that I've been living by is if it scares you, it's probably something you should try. Because I remember my first time traveling alone, I arrived at Cusco in Peru, Mm -hmm. which is like where Machu Picchu and all that stuff is. And I remember being terrified. I'm like, how do I walk around here? What do I do? And after the week passed, just like walking around with more confidence and ease, of course, it's like, if you haven't traveled in a while, I still sometimes will get the jitters. But now that I've been going for so long, you know, it is, it's like, you have no control over everything. You land in an airport where you don't speak the language, you can't read the signs, and you are just going off the kindness of people. Right. And I think what I've been proven time and time again, no matter what destination and where I am, people have always met me with kindness. They're always willing mm-hmm. to help. And, you know, I mean, my friend and I, we took the train an hour, the complete wrong direction in Portugal. <laughs> and everyone was like, oh my God, we need to help them. Like, get mm-hmm. off here. Oh no, I turned blurry. They're like, you should get off here and it's fine. And yeah, everyone's just always willing to help. I mean, because people are kind at right. the end of the day. Some people are, but most people are. Yeah. And so even for me, like scaring myself, I had a week in Baja, California mm-hmm. before my friend's bachelorette. And I was like, you know what? I'm terrified of the ocean. Why not get certified in scuba diving? Smart. And I did it and now I'm obsessed with it. So if something scares you, probably a sign you should try it right I agree 
Yeah, so that's definitely one of the first reasons why it's just being scared. I believe the second reason why is just expenses, you know, learning how to budget it. Uh, so what advice would you give? You know, do you have a travel agent? Do you book your own trips and vacays? Do you have any links you want to shout out? Any booking agencies? I wish I did. Um, it's all, <laughs> let me tell you, not paying rent. So this is the game changer. <laughs> you have to, if you want to commit to the nomad life, you got to yeah. commit. Like for a while, I remember still paying my LA apartment while traveling. I mean, unless you can Airbnb it out, then hell yeah, do that. And then you still yeah. have your home base. But for me, I was like, nope, not going to pay LA rent. And I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> not having not having internet bills, not spending $100 in Erewhon because they don't live in LA full time anymore. Not paying for all of these things that it's really easy, especially in a big city. Because I went right. to college in Miami and it was the same there. When you live in LA or New York or Miami or Austin or any of these big cities, it's true. You want to keep up with the Joneses. Oh, you got the latest iPhone. Oh, you got the latest coat from Zara or you have these shoes, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say there's anything wrong with it, but it's so easy to get trapped in that. Well, I need that. I've got to keep up with it. Mm -hmm. And then when you travel, you're like, oh my God, no one gives a flying fuck about what you're wearing. No one gives a flying fuck about designers. Now, if you have that, it's tacky. And it just puts things right. in perspective. So every time I would come back from a trip when I still paid LA rent, mm -hmm. I was like, do I really want this Zara dress or should I save money for a flight somewhere? And mm -hmm. so it became, things became priority for me. I was like, okay, right. no, no shopping, plane ticket. But it wasn't until I fully committed where, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to have a home base in LA anymore. And we're just going to travel and we're going to do this. And, you know, I have met now so many friends all over the world that sometimes when we go to places, you know, six of us will share a house in Mexico and it's super affordable or even, yeah. I mean, for me, it's become my job now and I can reach out to hotels if I plan ahead and have a free, free stay there. But I will say with that, you have to be comfortable bopping around every three nights because a lot of these hotels only have budget for a few nights. And so for me now going to Bali, I'm like, I want to be able to unpack my bag. Right, right. So yes. When you say budget, what, what do you mean budget towards what? International travel for tourists? So or? the only thing that's, yeah, the only thing that's expensive is the long haul flight from the States to either Europe or Asia. Right. Once you're there, in most places, the dollar is so strong. Like mm -hmm. once I get to Bali, I can, my expensive apartment that I'm paying for expensive is $700. Okay. In LA, that's like unheard of. And so right. there I already, yeah, I already know. And then like the prices of food are so much cheaper. The price of living is so much cheaper. Even in Europe, it's so possible to, to spend way less than you do in the States. But also I think it's a cultural thing. Like mm -hmm. if you think about a lot of like chic Europeans, the French, the, the Italians, None of them, it's such a, a Western thing. None of them have as many clothes as we do. None of them are into the fast fashion and trends. You know, a lot of right. Europeans, which really inspires me is they have these classic outfits, these fancy things that they buy once and they have for the rest of their lives. Exactly. Their closets aren't busting out at the seams and they understand, you know, quality over quantity. So exactly. for me, traveling also is just so eye-opening with the cultural differences and how yeah. I think in the West, we're such consumers and we mm -hmm. feel like we need it all and qu quantity over quality and all that stuff so. that's true so is it just classic google for you or do you have like booking.com i know airbnb is international as well oh yeah so but i love airbnb mm -hmm. so airbnb love um for flights i just use google flights i used to use skyscanner right. 
Yeah. But I've I've learned that sometimes booking through a third party site, you get fucked over. So don't. Yeah. But there's use apps like Hopper or Skyscanner to kind of see what days are cheaper. Like I found if you search for flights on Tuesday or Wednesday, it's usually cheaper. Mm-hmm. Also, if you don't travel on a Saturday or Sunday and you travel midweek, that's usually more affordable. But what I do too is a lot of times I'll if you find like an Airbnb and they have mm-hmm. their own website and then you find their Instagram and then you message them. Cause I know a lot of your, your listeners are talented musicians with big followings. I'll always pitch to them like, Hey, can I teach in exchange for a stay or right. for a discount? I mean, even I have to quarantine uh, for six days in Jakarta mm. and you have, that's like what you have to do in, in Indonesia. And I told them if I post about it and I tell my people like quarantine here, will you give me a discount? And they were like, yes. Of course. So it's like, know when to use your pull and you can navigate some some sick stuff. But sometimes, I mean, it really depends on my mood. All I want to do is be a normal human and I don't want to post about it. I want to unpack my bag. And yeah, that's where the research comes. But truly staying anywhere in the world. I don't know why I'm blurry right now. Truly staying anywhere in the world is cheaper than the states <laughs> that's true that's true except uh, london maybe <laughs> london is expensive as well uh, yeah. we spoke on that group of friends too who could afford it and, and who could piece up to get a house you know a mansion or whatever the case may be out the country um but let's talk about how you how you can have like use some resources to meet these type of people i know there's facebook groups there might be like tinder mm-hmm. Bumble, dating sites where you can find people out the country because those are international too so you have any advice for people to look at it to meet this type of crowd that they can travel with yes so for me I mean it's I got really lucky I was going to do this travel and work program called remote year so there's programs that exist like this where if you already work from your laptop and you want to pay a company for a year to essentially get it covers your rent it covers a co-working space and you get community so this is for a lot of people that I recommend if they don't have like friends all over the world yet do yeah. a cool program like that. But I got so lucky I was going to do that program, but so many of my friends worked for it already. That's how I heard about it. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, oh, you're going here. Let me connect you with this person. You're going here. Let me connect you with this person. Mm-hmm. So as I started to travel more and more and make more friends, literally, I was just in Mexico City with a girl that I had met once in um, Sayulita. And she's like, you're going to Bali. Literally connected me with six of her friends that lived there. Nice. And we've been talking. So... I just recommend one, like tell your community now mm-hmm. that you know that you're traveling and someone's bound to know someone. Also, you, you're right, Facebook groups. In Bali, there's even like for the town that I'm going to live in, Chenggu, there's a group called Chenggu Nomad Girls. Nice. And it's just all women and you can Sweet. just like, ask them like, you know, anything. They're there to answer any questions. But for me, I mean, I kind of love, and this came with time. I love kind of not knowing people sometimes and then having a coffee at a cafe and you're sitting alone and you'll meet so many cool people that way. Like that's what I did in in Peru. I was like, I used to smoke cigarettes at that time. I was sitting, Mm -hmm. smoking a cigarette and I was like, some Europeans bound to come talk to me. Lo and behold, these two French dudes came up to me and we ended up becoming really good friends and I'm still friends with them on Instagram to this day. But you know, like put yourself out there. I think it's really easy, especially in LA. We get so in our bubbles of who we know. Right. I mean, for me, it's just everybody's into their phone nowadays. So it's a little bit harder to make that personal one-on-one contact or with groups of people in person. 
yes. without it being awkward. And a lot of people, like you said, they fear that awkwardness, like public speaking yeah. is like the most number one fear in the state. So, but as you travel out, you see like nobody gives a fuck. Like you no said, no one gives a flying fuck. <laughs> And so it's so true what you said about the phones. Like I remember coming back from my second Mexico trip and I lived in my apartment in West Hollywood Mm -hmm. and I go in the elevator and I'm just like there smiling, ready to make eye contact with everyone and everyone's in their phone. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So even looking at people, even looking at people in the eye and smiling in LA Mm -hmm. freaks people out. Like I'll Mm -hmm. go and run in and hike or wherever I am. I'm like, good morning. And people are like, good morning. Yeah. But everywhere else in the world, you know, it's like, you can always tell who the Americans are because they're afraid. They like won't look you in the eye. And that's, that's like the most beautiful way to connect. You know, it's like, it's true. just walking around the streets, smiling at people, you make someone's day. Exactly. Yeah. Now we mentioned Mexico a few times. Um, now is Tulum, is it underrated or overrated? You're over because during the pandemic, it was like, everyone's going to Tulum. It was the place to go. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about what was your experience in Tulum, Mexico. So I, right before COVID, or no, it was in the midst of COVID. Yeah. Actually, no, it was the beginning of, very beginning of COVID. I wrote in my manifestation journal, I yeah. want a free trip to Tulum for me and my friends. I was like, I don't know how this is going to happen, but, and I remember <laughs> the guy I was seeing at the time too, he was like, it's not going to come from me. And I'm like, ew, I'm not asking you. But uh, <laughs> I ended up right. getting a free stay at this hotel in exchange for teaching. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I manifested a free trip for myself. What about the friend part? Lo and behold, my friend who was going to come, her flight, she couldn't end up making it. And she was like, have one of your friends take my ticket. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. So I ended up manifesting a free trip there. And it was like when it was cool. It was like on the up and up. It was before everyone started going. Word. It was when everyone was terrified of getting the virus. We were there. It was fine. There was no tourists. It was empty and open, no traffic. And a few of my friends on the East Coast even came and flew in for my birthday. And we had the time of our lives. Then it started getting super, super popular. And like not to say that it's annoying, but for me now, I've been so spoiled traveling during COVID times where it's like these amazing destinations without the influx of tourists. Exactly. So, I mean, I would say every place has something to offer. Check it Mm -hmm. out. But there are much more beautiful spots in Mexico that could use the tourism um that could also use the awareness of how wonderful they are and also that aren't like Tulum totally takes advantage of how popular they are and they they charge you American prices I could name a bunch of other gorgeous beaches in Mexico that are prettier and won't break the bank yeah that's facts all right thank you for that Raja. I got a series of questions for you okay and just answer them to the best of your ability all right. The first is smash, marry, kill. And you have to smash one, marry one, and kill one. And your nominees are Steve Aoki, The Weeknd, and Drake. Oh, my God. Well, kill Aoki. <laughs> marry Drake. Smash The Weeknd. Word, word. <laughs> Instagram there's Snapchat. layers there though because I like have personal experiences with some of them that make me not want to do any of those things with any of them but if I have to <laughs> that's my answer <laughs> where that's lit all right Instagram Snapchat or TikTok what's your favorite social media Insta I'm too old for the others I don't know <laughs> where mainstream or underground music underground 
or make steps or albums? I don't know enough to pick. Okay. Let's go back to some of your favorite underground artists because I know you put me on some like was it Swedish yeah. house music? No, no, no. So. It's like it's like jungle housey, deep house, desert vibes. Super deep. Like Bedouin. It's like Burning Man vibes. Burning Man, okay. We'll get yeah. there. I, I'm not a music connoisseur. Um, I just kind of fell off of it. I used to be obsessed with finding like the latest things. This was all in college. Yeah. And then I was like, just date the DJs, that's easier. And then I fell off <laughs> of that too. And so now for me, it's funny, the playlist I showed you, it's my good friend's husband's playlist because he's like this okay. super chic architect and he ha- owns like this really chic, cool, like Burning Man vibes restaurant. Nice. So he, I can always turn to. It's like, know the people that know the good music. That's my yeah. tip. Because I don't even DJ. have to curate anything. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Majors are independent. See, I don't know enough about independent. <laughs> okay. Podcast or radio? Podcast. Writer freestyle? Freestyle. Festivals or raves? Whew festivals now i guess that i'm older okay what's your favorite festival right now oh gosh none anymore but i used to really love um lightning in a bottle that was my jam for a while uh but desert hearts that was my jam for a while too i haven't been to one of i mean now that i'm older i'm like we're not camping (laughs) (laughs) did you get to experience burning man no so they always burn the man on my birthday but i feel like once I got into that, like I'd be into it. All my friends that had been doing it for 10 years are like uh, over it. 10 so. years, hell yeah. <laughs> be jaded by then. But that one time on your birthday, that'll be a one nice time. Day. Yeah. Well, apparently Africa Burn is where it's at right now. So if I did a festival, I'd probably go to South Africa and do Africa Burn, but we can't right now. So yeah. <laughs> Lakers or Clippers? Lakers. Weed or liquor? Beer. Beer. We're getting there. <laughs> We're getting there. Okay. Blunts or joints? Oh, old me would say blunts, but now that I'm older, joints. Soda or juice? Soda. Where? What's your favorite beer? IPA or? I love IPAs. Yeah, let's shout out your favorite. Well, actually, I love a, truth be told, my favorite beer ever is a sour ale called The Duchess. The Duchess, nice. Take out or dining? Take out. Okay, tattoos or piercings? Tattoos. How many tattoos do you have? I see your shoulder. I have no idea. I also used to have a lot of piercings. I used to have my tongue pierced. I used to have two belly buttons. I was all over the place. But I think like at least 10. I haven't gotten tattoos in a really long time. I got them all when I was pretty young, so I got lucky. But my latest one, one of my students actually did this stick and poke right here, my little Buddha. Oh, yeah, that's another thing, the stick and poke. Yeah, I fell asleep during. Kind of like retro, that's awesome. So it doesn't hurt at all then. It hurts a little, but not Not very meditative. A a tattoo gun. Yeah. That'd be cool to incorporate that in your your courses. Yeah, I mean, she's my student and she started doing a meditation before her tattoos. So she's doing that. Oh, nice. That's smart. Yeah. Designer or casual? Casual now. <laughs> <laughs> Night or day? Day. 
I'm afraid of the dark. Hot or cold? <laughs> Hot. Or condo or house? House. Uber or Lyft? Uber. Ah! I want to say Lyft, but truth be told, I use Uber more. <laughs> or money or fame? Money. Uh, one way is a round trip. One way, baby. One way. <laughs> Relationships are single. Pardon? New relationships, you said? Relationships or single? It depends on my mood. But right now, single. But like a year ago, I would have said relationships. Yeah. Smash or make love? Make love. Yeah. Name three red flags. Uh, oh, my gosh. There's so many. I don't even know where to start without completely calling out some people. <laughs> <laughs> How do I make this? Or you can just name one though. One Unhealthy obsessions with pop stars. Okay. Word. Right? Like, I think yeah. growing up in a big city, none of us had that. Like, yeah, when we were teens, like, oh my God, Aaron Carter or whoever. But I think as a functioning yeah. adult, that is a red flag to me. Um, <laughs> red flag likes Vegas. Big red flag. Mm-hmm. And goes in Vegas, stays in Vegas, huh? Yeah. People that just generally <laughs> like Vegas, red flag. Um, and then no desire to do any inner work. That's a red flag. Yeah. Word. All right, Laurasia, Madam Lee, you passed a series (laughs) of questions. Yeah. Now that everybody's tapped in on the Leo Black Show, let's shout out some links, social media. Where can we find you at? Follow you, support you. Yes. Follow me at Laurasia Mattingly. My name, you'll type it. It's in the bio or in the little caption, I'm sure. And then support my work. Come join the Sit Society. You can meditate with me in real time or watch the videos as you please. It's cheaper than Netflix. It's like Netflix for your mind that helps mental health. It's $9.99 a month. But I give everyone a free trial. So there is a seven-day free trial. You can find my albums on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever music is streamed if you want some quick free meditations. Or you could buy my book. Just type my name into Barnes & Noble or Amazon. Cool. Yeah, that's a that's a cool subscription to have. Definitely get your money's worth. Yeah. Are you on any other platforms like or subscribe like Patreon, OnlyFans? No. Would you consider making an OnlyFans? <laughs> no. Yeah. I you know why I had such an interesting uh, relationship to. I used to be like very hypersexual on my yeah. Instagram back in the day, which is like I attribute that to a lot of my followers in college. Thank you guys, but <laughs> it got me into a lot of trouble in different parts of my career, which now, I mean, like, and it would never, I run my own business. I can do whatever the fuck I want, but I remember losing really important opportunities because of that. And not even know. Yeah. And I mean, for me, it's like, once something's on the internet, it's on there. So I'm already terrified that all my shit from back then is still out there. (laughs) So, you know, for me, I mean, I think there's so much more potential I'm learning now from brands. I could post about their skincare and make just as much right with my clothes on now which there's no shame in not because I used to be one of those ladies like I remember I would have a nug of weed and just my boob and I'm like hey you know (laughs) there's no shame in that but I think that where I am in my life now no where just meditate with me you know I want to grow that monster I want the sit society to become a beast of its own and people being like yeah dude this mental health thing like meditation that's where it's at facts facts 